Welcome back. And this week, I'm delighted to be joined by joined by Martin Hayesbock from Uphold Institutional. Martin, welcome to the show, and uh, be delighted if you could. You've written an article, "The Future of Crypto Adoption." Be great just to get a bit of background on who you are, where you come from, and a little bit about Uphold. That'd be really good. Hi, Johnny. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yes, I wrote an article for for Digital Bytes, uh, your publication on the adoption of crypto, mm, because there are there are different narratives, right? People have problems with the word crypto and how it will be adopted into the mainstream. I had the research team at Uphold. That means partly for research, for retail investors only, but mostly the focus is on institutional investors. We have around 200 big institutional clients who trade partly on the Uphold Ascent institutional platform. There's quite a difference between retail wallet and an institutional offering. The the pricing has to be different and they have different requirements and so on. For some of the tokens that I talk about in my research, they don't have a high liquidity. So you need to, what is called TWAP, you know, over a certain amount of time enter and into a position. A What's it? Sounds like a dance. <laughs> sounds like a dance. I, I only just became familiar with all these expressions. I'm not a trader, you know. I'm not. I'm not on the money side of this blockchain game. But uh, TWAP is, I think, if you spent a n- number of days, weeks, or months to to open up a position at the most favorable price. If you were to buy a million of whatever, then the price would shoot up if the liquidity is not enough, right? So if you want to buy a million, you have to do it over a certain time. That's called time. Well, I think it's called time warp. It's called T-warp. I don't know. Ask the trade. <laughs> I'm very bad with trading and money. <laughs> so you go T-warping. Okay, well, that, that's fine. So, so okay, so I'm just interested. So you're, you're, you're providing services for both types of clients, um, retail clients, so arguably less sophisticated investors, but also for institutional clients who you're, you're finding are getting more and more interested in, in these types yes, of assets. And certainly high net worth individuals, UNHWs, right? Yeah. Uh, high net worth individuals, whatever. Yeah. Or, 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 <laughs> or ultra high net worth individuals. They also get yeah, people, with, people with a lot of money and not knowing what to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yes, they trade on up for the cent. And my boss, Simon McLaughlin, charged me with the mission to. Turn Uphold into something special and find tokens that nobody else has and discover projects very early, which is what most platforms don't do. They don't bother with discovering a new blockchain, examining it, talking to the team, finding out if it's worth it, then putting the time and money and engineering capacity into it to to connect to that blockchain uh, in a stable and, and secure manner. That's what we are good at. We were the first in the United States to list XDC, which is a blockchain focusing on international trade and supply chain. We were the first to discover and list token called Casper, which is an improvement on the on the Bitcoin proof of work process. There is hundreds of tokens that we were first at, not necessarily the biggest. We are a bit niche in that. We're sort of a boutique broker for crypto in that sense, that's the missions. I spend a lot of time investigating what's behind a project, what is a track record of the project owners. Is it special? Is it just a copycat? Is it another hyped token? That's that's my job. Okay, so so if I can put it into sort of very simplistic terms, in the good old days when you had a stockbroker, yeah. or when I was when I was running an asset management company myself, we'd have fund managers 
and they would go to either independent researchers or typically be brokers and they who were trying to sell stuff to them and you, you'd say okay well why don't you look at um, that fun little company called bp or or maybe there's a funny french bank called bmp paribas and i say yeah, but why why should i look at that and they would come up with broker notes or information is that a similar sort of thing you're providing it's 100 the same thing so i get lots of messages what's the next so and so got it i'm looking for something to buy and hold for seven years that's not in the mainstream as yet undiscovered this this type of requests i get from our clients yes exactly got it, got it. okay well I, i'm gonna really resist certainly while we're on air asking for any recommendations because we're not authorized to do that but but i mean i'm intrigued you've got <laughs> 22,000 of these things out there, at least, nearly 23,000. How do you go about trying to identify, you know, which one of those is going to make sense and hopefully go up in value over the next, say, three, four, five, six years? For me, for Uphold, the token has to have a use case, right? It's either very popular and supported by absolutely everyone that happens. There are there are basically no-brainers that you need to bring on the platform. But the ones that we discover, we were trying to look for actual use case. And I think the next 10 years will be, we're getting away from this sort of wild west of crypto. Mm -hmm. The days of the wild west are over. We had this from 2017 to 2021 to the bull market. We basically had a crypto casino where millions also in, in poorer countries like India and Indonesia, began trading peanuts and lost all their money because they're inexperienced. This this wild west of anything goes and you can scam people with with schemes. Somebody just got arrested from a project called Safe Moon, which built up. It was one of the slowest rug pulls in history, right? So they, they spent two years building an image of propriety and and honesty and authenticity and then turns out the whole thing was a big scam uh, we've seen this with the luna crash that was uh, last year of the luna token with, with Do Kwan. Um we've seen it with ftx right so yeah. it is for me for me to decide is it is it something that makes sense does anybody need that is it better than the legacy solution we have one of the biggest misconception in the early adoption of any technology is that people think we need this new technology for absolutely everything. It's going to solve all our problems. Everybody has to use it. Yeah. We've had it's this a new paradigm <laughs> with the radio. We've had this with the internet. I'm sure you remember the internet boom of the 1990s Certainly. when there were, there were millions of websites selling you everything. Now everything is bought on Amazon, right? There's just one winner after an explosion of websites where everybody tried to, to sell their furniture and their grandmother. And this phase of blockchain, the last 10 years in blockchain were basically a search for the perfect consensus. In a decentralized network, the whole problem of blockchain goes back to 1982, when David Chom, the, the American inventor and, and scientist, wrote his doctoral thesis, which is called How to Establish, Maintain and Secure a Network of Mutually Suspicious Actors. It wasn't Satoshi Nakamoto who started that. It was David Chom who realized if you decentralize a computer network, you're going to have some bad apples in there. Yeah. Someone is going to try to bring the network down. Someone is going to try to steal funds. So the whole problem of blockchain is how, how do we make sure we don't get hacked? 
And we spent the last 10 years coming up with consensus after consensus. There isn't just proof of work and proof of stake. There's proof of history, proof of space and time, proof of reputation, proof of this. There's so many different oh, consensus models in blockchain, and some of them are complete nonsense, right? Uh, the once popular federated Byzantine that used by Stella or XRP or so, it's gone academically quite gone out of fashion because it's, it leads to to centralization and some others by their very nature at the beginning when, when they launched they were simply pushed by venture capitalists and early investors to drive up the token price then cash in dump everything on retail investors make the money and then use the money to actually make the blockchain perfect nice. that's why if you look at you have lots of charts where the price shoots up a thousand fold and then slowly slowly drops down to its original level which you know in 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 equities investing we have laws against that right but in crypto the regulators were sitting on their hands for so long that they forgot to regulate this market properly and and uh, well okay so, this kind so martin of... i you know as someone That's that first step in identifying it right you yeah. ask me how do I, how do i separate the, the wheat from the chaff and that's one of the things if it's improperly launched unfairly launched only to the advantage of of early investors i'm not a fan of it i'm a fan of fairly launched assets right. i'm a fan of things that have a clear mission statement many of the blockchains that are now in the top 100 were simply attempts to improve on ethereum without ever having a clear use case right was the experimenting phase and many, many of them are running out of money um needing to sell tokens again and again and again to keep going and still haven't discovered a use case without naming names here there's quite a few of them that will disappear into the annals of blockchain experimentation never so, to see the light day again so how many cryptos are you typically scanning it in any one week how many are you keep um, it really depends. There are cycles where lots of them come online and there is there are months where absolutely nothing new comes. We are now in this hype cycle of AI. Not a day goes by without a new blockchain AI project. And 90% of them are simply putting a skin or a new label on OpenEyes chat GPT or similar solution. And some of them are completely revolutionary, like BitTensor. So it. By and large, the vast majority of crypto projects are made by young, enthusiastic programmers who just want to make money at the end of the day. They don't care if the project is around in three years. They don't care if if it has a real use case. As long as the marketing is right, if you can pump up the price and make money, that's the only thing these people care about. And those tokens, I don't, I don't even take a second look at them. They go on my desk and they land in the garbage can. In okay. The, in the <laughs> All right. So, so, Martin, you know, obviously this is a full time job. And if someone wants to follow you, whether you're an institution or whether you're an individual, they've kind of got to do it full time as well. So do you see there being more and more interest in a managed version, some sort of fund that can take yes. advantage of all this, but but not be exposed to all the, the data day monitoring and, and liquidations and wallets and all the other bits and pieces? Especially cybersecurity, the hacking, losing your funds, losing access to your to your wallet. It's an absolute nightmare. The usability of, of crypto is disastrous, right? The average user is not able to. That's what we are trying to achieve with Uphold. We, we are certainly not the most popular platform with real crypto experts. We are sort of the Apple of, of crypto. 
Apple made the iPhone, it made it really easy and hiding all the complexities from you in every product they bring. And that's what we are trying to do. Our interface is swap anything to anything. You don't have to worry which blockchain to which blockchain. You can just select, I want to swap from physical gold to Bitcoin or from Bitcoin to some other token or from my pound account to the XLM without having to worry about the underpinnings. We're trying to make it easy. Most exchanges are very difficult to use. They delete that the learning curve is very steep for yes. the average user. So there has to be a real revolution in, in UX, UI, so user interfaces, user experience with crypto. Got it. But as, as I say, you seeing demand, though, from people saying, look, I've watched it. I'm really interested. I just don't have the time to, to follow your recommendations. Are you seeing more and more people looking and searching for fun solutions? Yes, they are. So uh, without, I don't know how much I can talk about it because they're not live. Pro- but probably not. Fun. Probably best not to in case you get shot. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm interested. Any, that bad. Any, <laughs> any particular jurisdictions? Is, uh, is no, it from Europe, America, Asia? I have no idea about all the legal sites, but we are active in the States and in Europe mostly. And we are looking at baskets of, of crypto projects that I find very promising to hold for a long time. And we put those in a basket, give it an, a token name. And that's, for example, the, uh, the Uphold Big Three or the Uphold Future of Blockchain or whatever basket. Okay. They're not ready yet. I don't know if it's ever been launched, but we it's are those looking ideas. Okay. And it's all very popular, right? Yes, very. PCPs seem to be very popular. Okay, and 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 are you seeing genuine maturity in in the crypto space, or is it still is it still wild west in many ways? Well, first of all, there has always been maturity. Crypto is a very academic endeavor on the one side, with very bright minds. Amin Gunsira of Avalanche, Dr. Matthew Niemerg of Azero, uh, Fabian Vogelsteller, the creator of the ERC20 in Hamburg. So there's there's lots of extremely bright people, not to mention the team at Uphold, which have long years of experience in things like high-frequency trading and and, uh, and in banking. Our head of sales is, is an experienced banker who has had a career with God knows what banks, Deutsche and, and American, Bank of America, I mean. So there is serious people in crypto, absolutely. It has been tarnished by the amount of, of forgive me, of, of dumb people moving in who simply have no idea what they're talking about, but they have a voice on X, formerly known as Twitter, and they have a voice on Discord channels. Yeah, And it has, to put a positive spin on that, it is educating people financially in a way that our traditional banking system was never able to. Yes. Right? Most people don't know what inflation is and why prices go up and... Uh, you know, they don't, they don't even understand compound interest. Mm. Well, including yeah. the many of the politicians. <laughs> yes, not to mention though. So yeah. financial literacy has always been a problem. I swear that most of these crypto bros in their early 20s know more about money than, than people in their 50s and 60s who've never had a proper education in, in financial knowledge. Unfortunately, unfortunately I think you're, you're very right. Some people still, still think APR means you've got to pay it in April. <laughs> <laughs> Martin, really, look, really, really. If, if people want to get hold of the research or get hold of you, what what's the best way to go about doing that? Send an email to either research or institutional at uphold.com. You can also find me on X on LinkedIn. The website is uphold.com/slash institutional. All the information's there. Brilliant. 
Okay. And if any of you would like a copy of Martin's article, then obviously contact um, either myself, Johnny Fry, J-O-N-N-Y-F-R-Y on LinkedIn. But Martin, I'd just like to thank you very much for um, coming on the show. I think next time what we might have to do is perhaps get your compliance guys and make sure they're quite happy, but maybe get you to come and talk about some of the different ways and some of the different perhaps products and services that you're seeing being demanded and, and how that differs from that. The, because there's a lot of people still interested in crypto, but there's still a huge amount of cynicism and concern that it, as you said, it in some ways it reminded people of gambling and casinos. But oh, then, yes. My but Martin, still, let's not, let's not mean, get too pompous. That's what stock markets are there for. There's always a buyer and always a seller. And if we knew which one was going up, then, you know, would be a lot wealthier than many of us are today. My mom still thinks I'm involved with the Russian drug trade. So crypto has a bad reputation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you don't get a Christmas card from our friend, Mr. Putin. Otherwise, mum might be right. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, Martin. Well, well thank, thank you very much. And thank we will get you back you. on the air um, very soon. Thanks very much indeed. Thank you, Johnny.